Hey everybody, and welcome to another astounding, excellent, marvelous episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, if you couldn't tell by now. I'd hope this far into the podcast with my two listeners, I might have three, possibly four now, that you would know that I am the illustrious Zuby. That's Z-U-B-Y. And you can catch me on Twitter at Zubatron.com. At Zubatron.com. What the fuck am I talking about? There's no .com on my Twitter. Um, it's just at Zubatron. Z-U-B-A-T-R-O-N. And you can also hit me up on the official Magic with Zuby podcast Twitter link deal thing. Um, you know, just at Magic with Zuby. You can also email me for any questions you may have for the podcast, mtgzuby at gmail.com. Today's episode is going to be about rotation and how to survive it. What do I do? But Zuby, you may ask, I have survived many rotations by now and I surely know what to do. But alas, this episode may not be for you if you have survived a rotation. This is mainly for new people, but you know, you may want to listen in on it because you may learn something new when it comes to surviving that monster called rotation. So before we begin, I just like to thank Stitcher for accepting my show on there. I notice I've got about two listeners on there too, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, if you don't have an iPhone, it's Stitcher is a really good alternative for those Android, Windows phones, um, Nooks, Kindle, Fires, pretty much almost everything, I think. They've got a lot of other awesome shows on there, like um, NPR, and probably there's other magic shows, too. I, I just never know. And then I'd also like to thank MTGCast.com for helping get my cast out there and spreading the word with it. It's, um, you know, I implore you to check out that website. There's a lot of other cool magic podcasts out there and some of them are pretty awesome. Before we also begin talking about the intro to my show, I'd like to give a little shout out to if lands could kill podcasts. I discovered them, what, probably about a week or two ago, and I have to say they are freaking hilarious. Not just hilarious, but hilarious. They are, it's, I think it's a group of four guys who just get around and just bullshit about magic and just help the first like half hour to hour of the podcast isn't even about magic, it's about I don't know, them playing video games or talking about how they jerk each other off or not really, they don't jerk each other off, but there's that one episode where they talked about their first times, which I feel like I almost got to share mine, but that may be for another, it may be for another time because I'd have to actually think about it. I think I was probably 11 or 12 when I did it. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah definitely check them out they are hilarious even if you're not that into magic which i'm not sure why you'd be listening to my podcast if you're not really into magic they're um 
they're pretty good at hell they're they're pretty good at just even talking you know just random shit if you're not into magic at all just listen to the first half hour to an hour then when they get into the magic part just turn it off if you're not into that that's what i recommend at least so now i just want to thank them for the shout out and i'm giving one back at them so let's get on with a little bit of magic talk before we get into our main topic so by now shadows over innistrad has come out and i talked about the pre-release last podcast how i did i only stayed for one round and then i was completely just i was done i was just so tired I'd, I'd had a long week. Uh, last week was not pretty either. Just a lot of working. So, there was the first Shadow Standard happening at my store. And surprisingly, we had a really small turnout. We only had eight people want to do Standard. Because not, not really anyone else had Standard decks with them. They all wanted to draft, which we did draft afterwards. But I decided to take my Eldrazi ramp deck for a spin. And I gotta say, I'm not sure if Eldrazi ramp will really survive much longer. Because even though I went 2-1 with the deck, and I think I ended up getting 3rd or 4th place, something like that. Um, I didn't check the standings, but it just seems like it's not well suited for this standard rotation right now. And it's it's really hard to <clears throat> excuse me, it's really hard to judge too because what was I was going up against mm, I mean I went up against a black white control deck, which as soon as I got Ulamog and Worldbreaker out, boom, they were done. And then I went up against a uh, the thing I lost against was a black red vampire deck. Only because it was too fast and I decided to keep really shitty hands. But what did I lose against? Oh man, what was he playing? He was playing some weird spirit deck. Like white green spirits. I think it was actually one of the intro decks that he just sort of shuffled up together. And sort of probably just made a few changes. But I beat that pretty easily. Like I said, I lost to the vampire deck only... Only because I I really kept bad hands that I shouldn't have. But besides that, I just, I'm not sure with, you know, right now I just have Leaf Gilders. I don't have the Death Cap Cultivators yet. But I'm not even sure even adding that is going to do much. Because even though when you have the four card types, it adds Death Touch. It's, I don't know. It feels like right now... Like even, even with Kozilek's return able to wipe the board, and even when you get Chandra out to hopefully wipe the board, it I don't just something about it just doesn't feel as powerful as it did before. Especially with Ugin, the threat of Ugin was very real for wiping the board, and we didn't have these creatures that they can evade Kozilek's return the first time around. And there's also just White just has way too good a removal right now with Silk Wrap, Declaration, and Stone. And just to let some people know if they don't know what Declaration of Stone does, 
It is a one and a white sorcery exile target creature and all other creatures. It's controller. It's controller controls with the same name as that creature. That player investigates for each non-token creature exiled this way. So, you know, most of the time with ramp, you're not going to be having a lot of creatures out. You know, your big creature may be a world breaker or dragon lord of Tarka or Ulamog. And as soon as you cast them, boom, you do your damage and then they could easily exile it out, which was some of the problems I went up against when I went up against black, white control, especially the second time around. I didn't win until game three, but game two was just, I would cast world breaker, exile one of his lands up oh, world breaker just basically became a seven mana you know, exile spell. And same with Ulamog 2 just became a 10 mana exile 2 permanent spell. And it just... Unless the meta slows down, I just don't see this deck surviving much longer. Especially with... There's just too much good removal out right now, and white looks like it's going to be pretty popular, especially in the beginning. So, like I said, I, even though I had an okay showing, I just, I'm definitely not going to be taking this to the PPTQ next Saturday. I'm most likely going to be taking Mono Red Eldrazi, unless something else piques my interest. So, then afterwards we decided to draft, and I really got to hand it to Wizards on this one, that drafting Innistrad was has been a lot of fun so far I've, i mean i've only done sealed and i've done one draft sealed i can't really comment i'm not very good at sealed at all and the only time i ever do sealed is during pre-release so I, I won't even i won't even pay attention to what i say but with draft even though i'm not i'm not a big draft player as much as i used to be i gotta say drafting Innistrad it almost felt like it went back to simpler times of just picking two colors and sticking with it, maybe splashing a third if you need it. And now you can make the argument that, oh, Battle for Zendikar went back to that too. And I can't really make that argument for Origins because I think I only did it like one time, honestly. No, no, I did it a few times. No, I'm a liar. I did Origins a few times because I did it a bunch online too. I forgot. But, um, no, because with, especially when it was triple Zendikar, it, I mean, there was obviously bad choices there. It really felt, at least at my store, the meta was either you choose humans or you choose Eldrazi and boom, that's it. With what I like, even when Oath came out, it really felt the same way. Well, no, it felt a little bit more varied, at least because green actually became a color to pick. But, um, when, when, um, drafting Innistrad just so far, it, with the mechanics as Investigate and Delirium and Madness, it, to me so far, this is, I mean, I, I could be changing my opinion here in a couple weeks after drafting it some more. It feels like with those mechanics, it's a lot more varied on if you really want to build a Madness deck, you're going to not only sort of pigeonholed of what you're going to draft, but you could just come up with something crazy. Like one of my opponents built a blue black clue deck in draft. It was, 
it was absolutely terrible. No, no, no. Yeah, did he do Blue Black? Yeah, 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 it was. Blue Black Clue Deck. It was terrible, but just the fact that he actually won a game, or actually won a round, I mean, because when, yeah, because when we got to the third round, we were both one and one, but just the fact that he won a round with it just goes to show, like, holy crap, clues can be a thing. I mean, that card advantage is insane. So I ended up drafting just a red-white um, vampire slash human deck. And I felt like it had good tempo. Um, my sort of... I wish it were... Um, I wish it were Monastery Swiss Beer is not card is the Sanguinary Mage. 1-3. It's a 1-3 toughness with prowess. It costs 1 and a red. I mean, it's it's no Monastery Swiss Spear, but it's, you know, it's there. And I think the only rare that I drafted was Flame Blade Angel. Because, I mean, I it was more red than anything. And while I think I only cast it once, I mean, it did do its job what it needed to do, you know, which was help me win. I mean, the rares that I got were nothing spectacular, nothing great. But the deck itself seemed to do decent the only person i lost against was another red white vampire human deck he just was faster than me and that was it in both games but um like i said it's it felt like the environment was a little bit more varied it wasn't it didn't feel so straightforward like i said all the times i drafted triple zendikar i just you know, it, it just felt very, well, I mean, they're going to go Eldrazi with a splash of humans or, or allies, and then, or I'm just going to go heavy ally aggro, you know, something like that. But, um, and then my prize pack, I managed, I got one prize pack because it was a really small draft, and I managed to get the Gitrog monster, the Golgari frog guy. And he does, let me pull him up, Gitrog motherfucker, ha. He costs three black and a green. He has death touch. He's a 6-6. Six, six. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice the Gitrog monster unless you sacrifice a land. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Whenever one or more land cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. So, yeah. I mean, I was pretty happy to pick him up. I've read some things that he could be decent in Commander. I don't know much. I mean, I think I remember hearing about some card combination he can do, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't follow Commander as closely as I probably should. I just don't play it as much as I used to. But um, yeah. other than that, that was it for my opening night of Shadows Over Innistrad. The... um. The Star City Games Open happened this past weekend, which had the first standard tournament since Shadows of Innistrad came out. And I got to say, the deck that looked the most exciting to me was the Is It Control. And um, hold on, I got to pull this deck up because it just looked like so much fun. Because I am a control player at heart. And when I was seeing, oh crap, what was his name? Play it. <laughs> <clears throat> it was Todd Anderson. When I was seeing Todd Anderson play this deck, I just, I was getting giddy. And I bet, 
yeah, this deck has probably already gone up like crazy as usual. So basically, basically what this deck does is you have 10 creatures, 4 Jace, 2 Jory, and Ruin Diver, which that's, I feel like this is one of the key cards in this deck. Because whenever you cast your second spell, each turn draw a card. Boom. And it is so easy to cast your second spell here. And then you got the pretty much your win condition thing in the ice, which we've talked about before. Which, from the games I was watching that Todd Anderson was doing, where he was just able to flip that very easily. I want to build this deck. Like, bad. I, I may hold off on it and just wait to see if it transforms into something. Because I'd have to definitely invest in Thing in the Ices. Everything else I pretty much have. I don't think I have Pyromancer Goggles. If I do. You know, I'm going to look up to see if I have one. You can hear me rummaging through my, my shit. Alright. Well, I don't know about you. How you guys do it. But I have three binders of magic cards. You know, mainly my rares that I keep. One is for standard... One is for Modern, and one is for Legacy slash Commander. And when I mean by Commander, I mean, um, you know, the Commander products. I, I buy at least one of each when um, they come out. So, let me see. I'm looking through. Well, shit, I don't have Pyromancer goggles. I thought I had that. Hmm. Oh, well. I've got, Yeah. Oh, well, no, I'm not going to go through it. But, um... No, it's only like eight bucks. It's not too bad, but it'll probably go up just like everything. So, no, I mean, this deck probably got me really excited. There were a lot of human decks, which I guess is pretty cool that, you know, at least it wasn't a red deck wins. It was a white deck, which is very surprising. Normally... In past standard rotations, it's always some variant of red that is, you know, the dominant deck. But at least in the top eight, it was all white. And the only red deck was Todd Anderson's deck, the UR Control. Blue-red Control, which, yeah, I'm excited to see where this deck goes. Oh, he also read Chandra. Oh, damn. Mm, sorry. Long day, but um, no, I mean, I didn't get to, I didn't get to see the whole tournament, but I did watch it here and there, and it's um, I mean, it's still way too early to tell to see how the standard is gonna evolve into. I mean, I can only hope that it just doesn't get the meta doesn't come down to like a few decks, but we just have to wait and see. You know, it's still really early to tell, and it's. It's anyone's game right now for the next few weeks. So another thing I wanted to talk about was Magic Duels. And Magic Duels is the alternative online game to Magic Online, which it, I very rarely play Magic Online. Now, it's if I do, I may do a draft a month. Maybe if that lately, it's just... And if I'm going to spend money on Magic, I'd rather just get the real cards. 
But no, Magic Duels just released Shadows Over Innistrad and Oath of the Gate Watch at the same time. And I've been playing that, and they changed the starter decks too. They got basically my awesome mono red goblin deck that I would just own the AI with just so I can grind gold when I didn't feel like playing um, against other people is now complete shit. Because I used to be able to win by like turn three or four with that deck against the AI. Now it's crap. I've been messing with uh, red black Eldrazi aggro. Because basically I'm just trying to come up with a farming deck. You know, just so I can easily farm gold when I don't feel like playing competitively on the ladder. Because right now I have like no oath packs and I have no shadow packs. Um, I don't know. And then I've tried building a mono white humans deck after seeing mono white go. Um, how it performed over the weekend. And while that seems to be a bit better, it's... Man, these AIs are playing bigger creatures than normally. It's, you know, the AI before was pretty predictable, but, I mean, it's pretty predictable now. It's just the creatures that they're playing are a little bit bigger than normal. So, I'm still trying to figure out new farming decks for it, and I just pretty much enjoy it. It's a casual way to play Magic, and it just really needs cross-platform support. Oh my gosh, I hate that it doesn't sync over to like my iPhone or, you know, even my consoles either. It just annoys the piss out of me. Alright, so one last thing before we get into tonight's main topic. I wanted to talk about some modern brews I want to do. So... If you've read my articles or if you've heard other podcasts, you know that the two main modern decks I play right now and that I have built, while they're not completely complete, as in the sideboard is still kind of sketchy, the main boards are at least good. The sideboards still need, you know, I still need some expensive cards like Spellskite, and I'll get them eventually, one day. But um, I have Elves and Grixis Delver. And those two decks have been extremely fun. And I mentioned that I was going to start building goblins. Um, and while I have, I think, I, yeah, I pretty much have the entire deck built, except the land base. I've sort of taken that on a back seat because I have another idea that I want to do and I want to talk about it. And that's mono. No, not mono. Yeah. Why would I why would I call it mono? I don't know. I'm I don't know how to read. Alright, Simic Tron. So basically green blue Tron. Now, before you go in and tell me it's terrible, it's a terrible idea. I know. So I was looking at the variants of Tron with um, you know, the green red, which is the really popular one. And then there's the mono blue Tron. And I was taking a look at it. The mono blue, for for most of the list I see, it looks pretty decent. But I I think one of the things, one of my favorite times drafting triple Zendikar was in my first pack was an Ulamog, and on my second pack was a part the Water Veil. So you can see where I'm going with this. I managed to get a lot of mana, and then I took an extra, and I cast Ulamog, 
and I took an extra turn after that, or not after that, but you know, the next turn and to basically win. But, um, it, it sort of sparked that idea. Just remembering that, like how awesome would it to, would it be if I came up with a deck like that, you know, green, blue, and just like, Oh, I cast Ulamog and I'm going to take an extra turn. Sort of like when you cast Emrakul and you take an extra turn anyway, which I don't have Emrakul on my list, which I probably should put him in. It's, um, I'm still really like today during work. And even after work, I was really trying to mess with a list and it's, it's a pretty common Tron list and I'm still not a hundred percent sold on even adding blue to it and doing maybe just mono green. But if I did have blue, the only blue cards I even see myself adding, I mean, there's really no good blue Eldrazi and I was trying to look for good blue planeswalkers that would at least do something for me in the deck. And I couldn't really find any, any of them. And then I was thinking, well, what about maybe Kiora? You know, one of the cures. And I'm like, it, 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 I don't see it doing much, though. Um, well, either Kiora. And then I was looking at maybe adding. Oh, God, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it's that. Um, It was that blue card, that blue mythic in Oath. Oh, shit, I forgot what it was called. But it was basically the one where if you pay its surge costs, you know, all your permanents are returned to both hands and you get an 8-8 Kraken. And I'm thinking, that would be awesome. The beat, beat, the other thing, I turned Canadian, eh? But the other thing I was battling with was my mana base too when I added blue. Because at first I'm thinking, okay, I'll go with four pain land. You know, at least I still have the colorless when I need it for some Eldrazi or, you know, something like that. And I don't mind taking the life. Um, problem with that is those are my only sources of blue if I don't count. I mean, I can count the chromatic sphere, um, chromatic star and the chromatic stars. So that would give me about 12 possible chances of getting blue. It still didn't feel like enough. And so then I was thinking breeding pool, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to really add fetches really because why waste fetch spots when I definitely need, you know, the four Urza's mine power plant and tower. And then I'm also thinking of adding Eldrazi temple as well, because it could be another, you know, help me ramp. Um, so like I said, the land part is where I'm kind of stuck at. And I've been going back and forth between adding blue, but when I, like I said, when I add blue, it's really only for like time warp or cyclonic rift. Um, and while those are both really good cards, it just feels like it's maybe not worth adding those to um, make it worthwhile because. <laughs> You know, I'd rather be getting lands out quick and getting big creatures out. And like I said, I've been goldfishing mono green. And while I can get something out pretty quickly, it just still feels it feels very weak to, you know, aggro strategies, especially if they're going wide. Um, 
that that's sort of what I've been battling today. It's I may take a break on it for the next few days until I come up with something. It's I have a very I won't even call it like a draft list. This is like you know pre 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 production list. Not even like anywhere close to being like a first draft. Um, and another thing is, I know Karn is like almost necessary for Tron, and it's like shit. I don't have any Karns, and they're so expensive. Why? Because I just got done f- with my Snapcaster collection, and then I look at Karn, I'm like, oh god, because it's tough. Cause especially now that we're ending modern season, there's getting to be less and less modern tournaments around. I mean, the only time I'm really playing modern right now or just on Mondays when I go, when I have time. But, um, yeah. I mean, hopefully with modern season ending, it will make prices go down a little bit, you know? Because, like I said, I before I even invest a lot of money in, like, this deck, if I am, I mean, I... I'm looking at the list that I have right now. This could be just a budget list. And I could easily get that done. I could probably only have to spend like 40, 50 bucks at most and get it all done because I have pretty much all the cards anyway. And yeah. So I could definitely get this done. Well, let's just hope. I I think I want to get the sideboards done on my other decks first. So I've been putting them off, like mine skel- skel- spite. I because I can talk. Spell skites and blood moons and fulminator mages and everything that's expensive. Ugh. So if you find it in your hearts to want to send any of these cards to Magic with Zuby, please send me an email and or send me a Twitter DM, and I would greatly appreciate it. There you go. Boom. That's how you get free shit. Um, and then the other brew that I've been working on, I don't even have a preliminary list for this yet, but I've been trying very hard to try to come up with an insult artifact list that basically isn't an affinity. And it's turning out to be very hard because every time I try to come up with something, it basically turns into shitty affinity. Because, and the only reason, because I love Insole Artifact. When that card came out in M15, I wanted to build a deck right away. And I did. And I did terribly. And it was awesome. Which I talked about in a previous, I think I talked about in my last podcast. The farewell to cons. Yeah, it was my first standard deck of cons. And, um, yeah. A fucking... Uh, Oh my god, I fucking love that card. And it's like every list I try to build, it just becomes affinity light. And it's it's really hard to try to come up with something, you know, that's at least worthwhile. And while I've ugh, I'm I'm still trying, I've taken a little break from it. I'm still trying to think of something. And I was almost like, "Well, what if I can make scuttling doom engine work?" But in something as fast as in Soul Artifact, Scuttling Doom Engine is just way too expensive. <gasps> Wait a minute. What if... Oh my god, brain explode right now. What if I put Scuttling Doom Engine in Tron and make it do 
green red or what if i did a tron artifact deck that was red all right bear with me here i'd probably have to get some pain lands like battlefield forge or um shivan reef just for the red and i did tron and you know you get you get shit like scuttling doom engine or i don't know and you explode the artifacts oh, like shrapnel blast or I don't know, worm coil engine, you explode worm coil engine. So it becomes too, oh my, I think I might have something new to brew. Oh my God. I think my mind has just exploded with, you know, brewing deck goodness. I've made a mess at my desk right now. <clears throat> Yeah, hold on. Let me type that out right now. Oh my god. Exploding Tron. Exploding Tron artifacts. It sounds absolutely terrible, but it sounds fun as fuck. God, I'm so awesome. So yeah. I'm really good at modern. You know, I would like to talk more about Legacy. I just wish there was more Legacy shit going on in my area. And I think I've said this before. I don't enjoy playing Magic Online. And it's and not I don't just mean the Magic Online client. I also mean like Cockatrice and X-Mage. I only really play them when it comes time to a big tournament and I just need to grind out some playtesting. But it's just, oh man, to me Magic is just all about the interaction with people and... I wish Legacy was bigger in my area. I really did. Because, I mean, I have one Legacy deck, but it's it was like a $50 Legacy deck. It was mono green Stompy. The only card I don't have is Berserk, because fuck that. I'm not paying that much. And I'm slowly but surely building Legacy Elves. It will get there one day. And if any one of my listeners want to send me some Gaia crate, Gaia's Cradles or Bayous, I'd be greatly appreciated. You know, you know, you, you don't have to, but hey, it, it'd be awesome. No, I'm just joking, but um, yeah. Like I, said, I wish I could talk more about Legacy. I just don't play it enough. But um, all right, on to our main topic tonight. Our main topic tonight is rotation is coming. What do I do? And you know what? I'm glad you asked because. As many veteran Magic players will tell you, you know, the best thing for a new player to do for their first rotation is to buy lots and lots of sealed product in hopes that you pull what you need. And a lot of you may scoff and think, huh, why would I do that? That is just a waste of money. No, the real reason why you do that is so you get a big pool of cards for trading fodder. And I'm being a hundred thousand percent serious right now that you need to at least buy minimum of a case of sealed product. Now, some of you who may not make a lot of money or, you know, who just only come to FNM to maybe play budget decks, it's okay. I have some things you can do to help you get a case of booster boxes. Um, depending on where you're at in life, if you're still living with your parents and if you're 
you know, below the age of 18, it's I would really go and ask your parents, hey, what can I do to get about five to six hundred dollars, depending on how much your LGS sells a booster case for and just really ask them, hey, what do I have to do to make this much money? I've got a month to make it because I've got a few months to make it because the Wizards just announced this new set and I need to spend this money. I don't need to save it for something. Are you kidding me? You only live once. YOLO! So, you really need to just, you know, like I said, if you're below 18 and you don't have a job, just beg. Beg for it. You know, because what else are you going to do? You don't have a job. You don't do anything. So, go do some chores and make that money. Um, You know, if you're maybe in college or you're just out of college and you're paying off those student loans, why not take another loan out? Get a loan for like maybe, you know, two to three grand. That way you have some money set aside for future sets so you can buy another case. Or if it's a really good set, like Battle for Zendikar was, and it has, you have a chance of getting a Zendikar Expedition, boom, buy a few cases. You know? Um, LendingClub.com, this is not an advertisement, by the way, offers really good rates and, you know, interest rates for taking out loans. Um, you can also go down to your local Amscot if you're in America and get a payday advance because we all know how important we need to feed this addiction of magic is. So don't be afraid of taking loans out. Oh, also get lots, apply to lots and lots of credit cards as well. Um, you know, and don't worry about the hit it will take on your credit. I mean, it's not like that's important anyway. Um, you know, and if you know if you're in a good, comfortable position, and you know you have your own house and car, or cars, you know, and you really want that case of, you know, shadows over Innistrad or that case of Eternal Masters coming out, go and you know refinance your house or your car. I mean, what, what's it going to hurt? Not only will you hopefully get lower interest rates, but hopefully also lower the payment of your house and car. And you can then use that money that you just saved and go buy more sealed product. I mean, isn't that the point of this? You you need to buy more magic cards. And another thing that you can do, especially if you own your own house, is um, take out a second mortgage. You know, this would be for the people that may be a little bit older and, you know, already have a mortgage. Just take out a second one. I mean, it can't be that bad. You know, just get some more of that sealed product out there. And last but not least, go ahead and steal money if you have to. Um, I don't recommend this one, but if you really need to, you know, get those magic cards, just just steal the money. I mean, I mean, who's it going to really hurt? Yourself? Nah, it only hurt the people you stole the money from, so don't worry about that. Alright, so what else can you do? So, besides buying cases, there are fat packs, booster boxes, and then there's the booster case. So, which is the right one for you? If you are a not really serious player, but, you know, maybe you're just playing FNM, you buy the fat pack. And then you just sort of look around looking sad at everyone else who got a box, at least. And then you look really sad at the person who got a case and realize they pulled, you know... 
50 copies of a good card and you just have these nine little boosters and hey at least you got a box and a spin down dice a spin down dice you know hey cool or you could be the guy who's like you know i'm somewhat serious about magic and i sometimes go to competitive rel events which are you know pptqs or grand prix trials so i'm gonna buy a booster box and you know you, you open your booster box and you think it's all cool and stuff and then you look at the guy who got the booster case and realized oh man that guy is awesome i need to spend money like that and so if you're the guy who gets a booster case you know not only do you feel awesome that you got six booster boxes but then you start to feel a little bit bad when the guy who got more than one booster case is bragging about how he got like seven copies of baby jace and you only got three copies out of your case because he bought two cases, so why not one-up him and buy three cases, you know? Not only is this going to help you, this is going to help the economy, too. You know, especially your local game store economy, because they will love you. So just do it. And, you know... And I, the last thing that I recommend doing is, if you don't even want to buy fat packs or booster boxes or anything... You know, especially if you're a brand new player, go and buy one of the awesome and super powerful intro decks that, you know, Wizards provides. They are beginner decks, and not only are they awesome, they are, I mean, you'll, there's a really good chance you'll win FNM. I mean, there's, there's no way you'll lose. I mean, hell, I can, I can provide a, an example. Someone bought one of the intro decks. Um, I think it was the the green white one or the green blue and it was a clue deck and he basically played this deck and got infinite life with it I mean it was just, it was just fantastic he went I think Owen Owen three for the night it was amazing so um yeah on a more serious note if you really want to survive rotation especially if you're really serious about standard is one of the best things that i usually do is if you i mean you're not going to be able to depending on how much money you invest you're never going to really be able to recoup the cost of all the cards that you've bought or invested in so the best thing to do is to really cut your losses and sell the cards, sell the old cards at, I'd say, minimum two months beforehand, before the majority of them tank in value. You know, at least, you know, I I would usually at least keep one to two decks, depending on how crazy of a deck builder you are, I'd keep at least two decks, maybe, and all the other cards that you're never going to use or the bulk rares or bulk crap, even bulk commons and uncommons, I would just sell it all. Um, if you have a really cool local game store that is willing to take all your stuff, you know, and I mean, they're never going to give you, you know, full value for it, but at least decent value, you know, do it. Like I say, you, the, um, especially, you know, getting rid of commons, uncommons that you're never going to use or, you know, at least keep the stuff that may be modern playable or maybe commander playable. 
depending on, you know, what you're into. Um, one of the things that should also be done, especially when rotation happens, is don't invest in a deck right away. Because, like I said, this past weekend we saw mono white humans doing awesome. And, or maybe white blue humans doing awesome, or white black humans doing whatever variants it was. Now, being an impulsive person, you might think, oh my gosh, I'm going to go and buy this right away and set it up. When, you know, a few weeks from now, that deck may be completely hated out and be a complete piece of crap. So, I would also recommend trying to plan out the deck that you want to build. And, you know, unless you're a person who is completely in the, com completely in the competitive scene and is what they call a spike or they they'll do anything to win you know just pick a deck that's fun for you and plan it out and figure out what pieces you need to buy and invest in um and that goes to where you know don't really buy sealed product unless you know at, at least go in the mindset of knowing that when you buy a booster box you're losing money you are you're not going to be getting that, you know, investment back. And if you're okay with that, do it. I mean, it's your money in the long run, so who cares? Um, you know, or if you want to buy a booster case, know that you're definitely losing your money with that. But like I said, if that's what you want to do, do it. Um, <coughs> for people who can't afford to buy a booster box or a case right away, um, draft. Do, do go to your store and draft, you know, as much as you can and, you know, whatever bulk you get from draft or if you pull out a really good rare, sell it to the store and get the singles you want for the deck you're trying to build. Um, you know, you don't have to sell it to the store. You can sell online to TCG player, Channel Fireball, eBay, Star City Games, etc. Um, I personally sell on TCG player while their fees can be a little bit high. Um they're really good for moving high value cards quickly from what I found. Um, I don't like dealing with eBay because last time I dealt with them, they're just a pain in the ass because of PayPal and I hate PayPal with a vengeance. Um, but, um, or, you know, trade, trade them off, trade, trade off the old cards or, you know, the stuff you pulled from draft and, just get what you want, man. You know, me personally, what I try to do with every set is try to have at least one of, because me being the dork that I am, I'm slowly starting to get binders and sheets and all that and start to slowly fill them up with, you know, sets. It's, um, I don't even have Theros done yet. That's, that's where I started is I've got, I think Theros, I'm still, and there's like a few rares that I have to get and they're, they're the super cheap rares. I've got all the really expensive ones, but still it, and then I have Ravnica almost done return to Ravnica, but yeah, that that's just one of my little geeky things I do is just collect one of, I mean, whatever your thing is, do it. Um, and then one of the last things I always say is trade, trade, trade some more and then trade again. Um, Trading is, 
I mean, this is basically what Magic is, is a trading card game. Um, personally, I don't like to bring my trades with me all the time unless I know what cards I want. I don't, you know, I'll look at people's trade miners and half the time, you know, it's, oh, that's not for trade. That's not for trade. It just gets tiring. And so I just never bring my binders with me anymore because one, I don't really know what I want until I want it. If you can make any sense of that. And then two, it's that whole game of, you know, oh, I don't want this for trade or you know, whatever crap. It, it gets annoying. But if you're really into the trading, do it and get the cards you want. So it's um, rotation is always a fun time because one you don't know what the competitive climate is going to be like and you have all these new cards and it's super exciting um, shadows over innistrad has gotten me really fired up about standard again and because before i mean zendikar even when battle for zendikar came out i was still feeling kind of eh, you know not that super excited but now now that we're finally done with fetch lands and shuffling five million times during a game, it's I'm I'm excited to see what's in store for us. And rotation is a special time where you know it gets me pumped as a deck builder, even though I'm a terrible deck builder. It's me excited to try to start coming up with random stuff. You know, like hey, what if I put together white, black, and green and do do this crazy thing called Abzan and build a rhino deck, but there's no siege rhino. You know, it's just weird shit like that. That gets me excited. Um, so all in all, it's the biggest thing, especially if you're really in the competitive scene is I would at least wait a few weeks to see what deck is going to break out before you invest in anything. It's, I mean, that that's how I've always tried to do it unless, you know, I think of think of a deck that I really want to build. Like, I'm doing the Mono Red Eldrazi right now, and my playtesting, it seems fine. I mean, I'm not doing the exact list that I've seen because I don't feel like investing in some of the cards because I don't think I'll be playing it this list that long. Um, I mean, unless something comes up from here till next Saturday... I'm probably going to be sticking with it and taking this to the next PPTQ I go to and just see how it does. Um, yeah. So I'd like to thank you for listening to me ramble on about random stuff. And <coughs> excuse me. I get this little cough sometimes, this tickle. Oh, I was having it earlier today too at work. And, um, yeah, well, like I said, if you want to hit me up, I'm on Twitter, at Zubatron, Z-U-B-A-T-R-O-N, and I am also, or you can also hit up the show's um, Twitter account, at Magic with Zuby. You can also email me for any Q&A at mtgzuby at gmail.com, and you can also find my website, magicwithzuby.com, where I post a lot of articles and I post the podcast on there. You can find me on Stitcher, iTunes, and mtgcast.com, and boom. Well, this has been an awesome episode. At least I think I've kind of enjoyed it. And, yeah. All right, well, have a good night, everybody.
you're still listening here? I mean, why? I mean, did you think there was going to be some extra content or something? What, are you expecting me to do something extra? Is that it? Is that it? You listen to my free content that I put so much work into, and you want something more? All right. Well, here we go. All right, just listen. Just wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's not staying real fine. Move it to you, sing it to me. Move no one more time. Get low, get low, get low, get low, get down to the wall. To the sweet drip down my balls, my balls. I'll skeet, skeet, just crawl. I'll skeet, skeet, motherfucker. I'll skeet, skeet, goddamn. I'll skeet, skeet, motherfucker. I'll skeet, skeet, goddamn. Drunks. So fresh, so clean, can't she fuck that? Couldn't be house in me and them is mine. This bitch, bitch is fine. Jump club at five. Th- Holy fuck, that's fat. Line club owner said I need to calm down. Security guard goes sweating to me now. Drunk a motherfucker threatening me now. Ow, skeet, 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 skeet. Ow, skeet, skeet. Ow. Ow, 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 turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, yo, yo, we gonna see this shit blow, getting down like you coming around, getting that shit down like you a clown, your ass is gonna get crowned, standing real fine, move it to you, sing it to me, no won't lie, get low, low, get low, get low. Get low, get low, get window to the wall, to to the wall. I'll skeet, 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 skeet <clears throat> to the sweat, sweat drop down my balls. I'll skeet, skeet, motherfucker. I'll skeet, skeet, goddamn. I'll skeet, skeet, motherfucker. I'll skeet, skeet, goddamn. Oh shit! Here we go. Getting down to the flow, you scared motherfucker, you scared little bitch. Pop that ass to the left and to the right, yeah, I'm gonna get you down, like it from down. Oh, back, 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 back it up, back, back, back it up. Oh, 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 wiggle. Oh snap, there we go. You can't get it down, oh no. Nah, I'm standing real fine. Move it to you, sing it to me one more time. Get low, get low, get low, get low. Gonna get cronk, get get cronk, gonna get cronk, gonna get cronk. I'll skeet, 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 skeet. I'll skeet, 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 skeet. We gonna do it, motherfuckers. I'll skeet, skeet, goddamn. Oh, shit. I'm probably going to be the next rapper ever, next magic rapper, and kind of hope you enjoyed that little shiznit, motherfuckers. Peace.